Welcome back to the Hockey House Podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined alongside virtually by Colin Fitzgerald and Stephen Glick. And once again, joining us is our executive producer, David Herman. Fitz, you've made some headlines lately. Let's get the cat out of the bag here. You trying out for pro hockey teams now? The cat is definitely out of the bag, Murph. Been flying under the radar. And yes, you guys remember Ryan Minkoff from... I think it was like episode five or six. I remember he said he had like started an agency, specifically ACHA kids get to play, you know, after ACHA. So graduated from Indiana, found out that I hate finance, hate business. I hate all that crap. Want to keep playing hockey. And so I texted him or emailed him. What do you recommend? Can you help me out? What should I do? Within a day, he's got an offer for me to go play in the Netherlands. I was like, all right, that's kind of (laughs) sick. Let me look into some of this stuff. Like, just give me some time here. Probably a week after that, he's got another offer for Sweden. So I got two offers to go overseas to play. I was really unfamiliar with the Fed. It's now the FPHL, used to be the FHL, and then the SPHL, Southern Professional Hockey League. I knew a few guys that played in both leagues. So I spoke with them and I was like, you know, what do you recommend here? Do I do I go overseas or should I try to, you know, get on one of these teams first? And they said, you know, it's really up to you. And I figured, you know, I just hopefully try to stay in the U.S. So about three weeks ago, I went to the Edge Ice Serena in Bensonville, which Wally, he played his uh, national tournament when he was at Lindenwood. That's where they had the, where they hosted nationals for ACHA. And that was the Fed free agent camp. It was the Watertown Wolves and the Binghamton Black Bears. Those camps are insane, by the way. You you play so much hockey. It's like 10 hours of ice time in like two or three days. And you're just absolutely gassed after. First time wearing a halfer as well. Never wore a halfer before. So that was an experience. Still have my teeth for now. We had exit meetings after the last game and the Binghamton guys like, yeah, I'm going to send you a PTO. I want you to come to our main camp in October. I was like, holy crap, this is sick. I was then planning on going to an SPHL camp the week after that, which was in Fishers, Indiana for a team called Vermilion County Bobcats. They're based out of like Danville, Illinois, which is like two hours from where I am in Illinois. So that's like the team I've been gunning for the whole time because it's like the closest I can get to home. So I went there two weeks ago. That one was even more of a grind than the Fed one. We didn't have any exit meetings there. They just said, you know, pack up and go home. We'll, you know, if we want you, you'll get a call from us. Uh, later in the week, I got a call on Wednesday and the coach said same thing. He wants to give me a PTO, come to main camp in, in mid-October. And uh, that's where I'm at now. Main camp's like October 10th or 11th, I think, for the, the SP team. And hopefully I make it there, but we'll see what happens. You're living the dream. That's what this podcast is all about. ACHA, the show, we don't joke about that. So we're definitely beyond proud of you for doing this. And I think it's talk about full circle. I think you name drop three former guests while just talking about trying out i mean i in what what better way to kick off this anniversary episode so we wish you nothing but the best in, in doing that glick do you have anything exciting going on at temple that might top that uh yeah that's kind of hard to top honestly all we had was training camp this past weekend but we did get some nice ccm sweatsuits that we're gonna wear on the road to indiana university of pennsylvania this weekend so that's what i got looking forward to now is that a regular season game or you guys is that a preseason game it's a non-conference game it's, it's pretty much just two scrimmages but i mean we're just excited to get some ACHA hockey again for the first time in almost a year and a half. 
This will be the first time that one of us plays in a game since we started that. That's that's a wild stat to think of. You're getting back on the ice and Herm is back at Bird Arena snapping photos. Herm, how was your weekend? Weekend was great. I got the chance to go back to Athens to walk. So I graduated in May of 2020, like straight into the pandemic. We didn't get a chance for like a real graduation ceremony because our class elected to postpone it and no one knew how bad it was going to get. And now a year and a half later, I'm back on College Green for the first graduation for a Bobcat there since I think like the 60s. And it was great. I had the chance to to go out with the guys the night before. Shout out to the CI. Was ready for 10 a.m. practice with them the next day, right in my usual spot on the uh the visitors bench for for shooting practice and the boys were happy to see me posing for the camera per usual and it was it was great to be back i'm gonna i'm gonna pick my words it just just make sure i i comprise my thoughts properly on this i didn't get a real ending to my time in senior year and to know that the boys still appreciated me around the program was really, really special. And it meant a lot. It really, really meant a lot to me for to, to feel the love and feel the support from them. It was really cool that when, when you sent me the text with the photos that you took. Cause I was like, ah, oh, it's like a little bit of normalcy. Every, you know, every now and again, we're getting back to a little more normalcy, obviously, with college football coming back and the big crowds and... 22,000 people in Athens, Ohio, watching Syracuse football win. And, you know, it's great to see. We can skip over that part because Bobcat football just was Bobcat football that night. Like, it was it was so disappointing because everyone showed up and it was the biggest crowd I'd seen at Peden in such a long time. And I turned, I, I was there with my mother and my grandmother and she was sitting direct, directly next to me. I was like, don't get too excited. Like, we've seen this song and dance before. The Bobcat football team is going to be the Bobcat football team. And oh boy, were they. So bummer about the cover photo. Was disappointed that my little creation didn't grace the top of the Orange's profile, which we can repeat that stat on air if you would like, Murph. I mean, I've never played against the Bobcats before. So if that stat gets repeated, it's not on me. Oh, okay. It just it just happens to be that Syracuse hockey is 0-4 against the Bobcats all time. Okay. Cool. Just, yeah. just a little reminder. I think we're gonna we're pushing for a trip to Athens next season, my senior year. I I believe I've we we've uh, we we have that on the radar. I'm not I'm not sure you know how far we'll get, so I don't want to say too much about that. But I hope to someday play in Athens, and looking forward to it. I get the opportunity to do so. Crazy week for us coming up. We've got two great guests joining us from the St. Joe's men's college hockey team a little bit later on my week here is going to be pretty crazy i woke up at 6 45 this morning on about four hours of sleep to drive an hour to binghamton to pick up the syracuse university men's hockey team broadcast equipment from our former broadcaster Corey barbarian who was driving from new jersey to bismarck north dakota for his new job with the bismarck bobcats in the Nall. The closest he got to Syracuse was Binghamton. So he was going to be in Binghamton at 8 a.m. this morning. So I picked up our new broadcaster, Doug Lacuda, picked him up because he didn't have a car. I said, Syracuse hockey, it takes a village. If we need the broadcast equipment on Monday morning, I got you there. And we went out to eat last night. 
had terrible service. So we were like, oh, you know, let's, we got to make the night better. Let's get after it. And, you know, a couple hours later, it's like, oh, geez, I'm driving to Binghamton soon. So it was a great drive, but that's an ACHA story. And, and what better way to tell it than this platform? So not only that, but I will top it Wednesday of this week, first day of tryouts for Syracuse hockey and my 21st birthday. It does not get any better than that, folks. That is full on hockey house. Talk about making it my personality doesn't get better than that. Are you guys having a tryout the day after your birthday or is it just one day? Training camp is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So Friday night, we'll have the team picked. So we're going to have a nice little get together here at the house. My parents are going to order us all pizzas. We'll have a cake and and we'll celebrate. We might not celebrate in the way that most people celebrate their 21st, but that's going to hold off for the weekend. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And this week celebrating everything we've done in the past year and, and that coming off full circle. So it's an exciting week here and We'll, we'll get things kicked off. We'll, we'll switch it over right to the St. Joe's guys. They were great. Similar story to last week when we were talking with the Baylor guys. Baylor is kind of building from the ground up, which is certainly no easy task. St. Joe's kind of different approach here. We talked a lot about making that transition from a club hockey team to an ACHA team, and I think they're on the right path. We'll turn it over to the boys now, Aiden McLaughlin and Alex Anderson. We're pleased to be joined by two members of the now revamped St. Joseph's College hockey program, goaltender Aiden McLaughlin and Alex Anderson. Guys, welcome to the Hockey House. How's it going? Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're pumped to have you guys. I'm also really pumped to have two New Hampshire guys on. Um, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast have, you know, don't really, they think I'm like an outcast. They don't really talk to many (laughs) people from New Hampshire. So glad to get you boys on here, and, and we'll be talking about the woodlands of Maine pretty soon here. Of course. Murph, you would know, though. I mean, New Hampshire's the second-best hockey state in the country behind Minnesota. So. Oh, yeah, and it's, like, right behind Minnesota. Like, yeah, it's, like it's close. Not, like, some people debate that. <laughs> That's a big debate in the sports world. High school football, too, in New Hampshire is big. It's, like, it kind of rivals Texas, so. Big time. I mean, we actually had a UNH commit at our school, quarterback. The St. Thomas-Kennett football rivalry was was pretty good back in the heyday. We were always playing, people, you guys. People forget that. <laughs> yeah. Well, boys, let, let's get into it here. Busy summer for you guys. You guys have been pretty active in, in getting the guys together. How's that been going so far? It's been going great. Honestly, uh, we're we're all moved in now. It's been a pretty long summer. I think everybody was waiting for that one move-in day. Uh, we all came together and came up with a date. What did we move in the 20th? Yeah, so we moved in um, about a week and two days earlier than everybody else. And then we had the rest of the team move in on that uh, Sunday. So we moved in Friday. All the captains, we have bunch of guys living together in a pod and then uh we had the rest of the team move in sunday and we held a, held a little bit of a training camp which i don't know if that's a first for the acha but it's definitely up there i was pumped to see you guys doing a little training camp up in portland and we'll get into kind of you guys how you guys have revamped this whole thing but just kind of explain to people your hockey careers and what led you guys to choosing saint joseph's um, in the first place. I wasn't even supposed to go here, actually. I was supposed to go to Hofstra University in Long Island. I did my uh, freshman orientation there and everything. About a week before I transferred, or a week before I was supposed to move in, I ended up switching to St. Joe's. I had a little bit of trouble going away from my family that far out into Long Island. This school is about an hour away, hour and a half away from where I live. So it just made a lot more sense for me, and it ended up being a pretty decent fit. I heard they had club hockey and everything. Thing and didn't really play too much my freshman and sophomore year, but I came from St. Thomas in New Hampshire, played four years there, and uh, I was just a 
Oyster River kid when I was younger. So just ended up here and everything ended up working out. Aiden, where'd you play youth hockey growing up? Did you play for Oyster River? Oyster River. And then I played a little bit of New England Wolves for a split season, but everything was pretty much Oyster River. Aiden played at like hands down the worst rink in New Hampshire, Jackson Landing. (laughs) (laughs) What Jackson Landing is, is an ice sheet with a roof over it. There's no walls. It's not a nice outdoor rink. It is like bare bones, Yep. Great ice surface, though. It's always it's like fantastic. It's almost like you're playing at the wit. But, you know, the glass is fogged. My mom used to watch <laughs> those games from the car. She'd park behind the net. I, I, I didn't know you played for Oyster River growing up. But if any time you get to talk about Jackson Landing, I, I got to talk about it. I mean, the, the best part about Jackson's Landing was you are absolutely at the weather's like grip. Because if it's if you wake up in that j- one January day where it's 56 degrees, it is going to be a brutal hockey game. The glass is going to be fogged there's going to be a layer of fog on the ice but when you wake up for a nine o'clock game and it's negative 12 wind chill because jackson's landing used to act like a wind tunnel that was also part of the experience of playing there it really made us men pretty much i mean absolutely and anytime a storm hit it was the first place to lose power I remember <laughs> yep. at least twice in my hockey career showing up and the game couldn't be played because there was no power at the rink. That did happen a lot. Yes. A little bit too much. <laughs> Alex, how did you end up at St. Joe's and kind of talk about your youth hockey career and growing up? Cause I, th- I think you had a pretty special youth hockey career and what you went through. So in the beginning I started in Rochester. I played probably three years of mites. My second year of mites, I was diagnosed with cancer. I didn't really get a second year of mites. But then I ended up playing like the playoffs because I was able to come back for that. And then I played one more year at Rochester. Then I switched to Dover, played a couple of years there, then went to the Seco Spartans for two years. Um, and then I played three years for St. Thomas in high school with Aiden for two. And then I went to St. Joe's University in Philly for my freshman year. And I played probably eight games for the club team. And then I quit. And then I went to community college last year. Honestly, it was either this or UNH. And I know for a fact I'm not starting on UNH. So I'm like, all right, I'll just come to St. Joe's. So I love the, the St. Joe's to St. Joe's transfer there. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love Catholic school. Like I've High school in both colleges, it's can't get away from it. So I'll be honest, when I was first reading the script and who we were talking to, I thought St. Joe's was the St. Joe's in Philadelphia, but then I saw the jerseys wearing cherry and black, and I was really confused. And I thought maybe the school changed its colors. <laughs> well, like the Walmart St. Joe's. Well, and that's what I was I was saying beforehand, Glick and Fitz. I'm not sure if you were here, but and and Herm Herm can attest to this, but we were talking. I was like. You guys are lucky that I'm here because anybody else receives that DM <laughs> from you guys and they have no idea who you are. Yeah. Absolutely no idea. Like like Click said, there's there's St. Joe's that most people think of, like pretty good college basketball team as well, a lot bigger school, but pumped to have you guys on, like I said. Aiden, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment when you got to St. Joe's? This one, I knew you guys always ask this on every podcast and you guys are going to love this story. We are playing Bates. So Bates is a NESCAC school who doesn't have a, um, they have a rink on campus, but they don't have a varsity team. 
and it's an absolutely electric atmosphere going there. It's a packed house, but we played them at Bridgeton at the end of my freshman year, and I wasn't playing on the team, and some one of the senior captains came up to me and was like, hey, we need a goalie, like, pretty much just come and play, like, didn't really give me a choice. So, like, okay, sounds good. We're in the third period. It was senior night for us. They came down on a, uh, like, a partial breakaway, partial, like, two-on-o, two-on-one sort of deal, and this kid puts a shot on me, kind of squeaks through under my arm, and it's sitting behind me, and I didn't know. And my defenseman rode this kid in, on literally on his back. And some somebody on Bates comes in, puts the rebound in, and they score. So I looked down at uh, the defenseman, just kind of gave him a shrug, and I was like, you know, my bad, I should have had that one. And he just looks up at me, looks down at the kiddies on top of and just slugs them right in like right in the helmet. And they start a five on five line brawl that lasted for like five, 10 minutes, like no joke. And the referee ironically was one of the referees that we used to have in high school. So I was talking to this guy the whole game and he was taking forever to give out the penalties. He's, you know, known guy for doing that after the whole fight, kick out five guys for Bates, five guys for St. Joe's. They forgot about the goal. So we just dropped the puck in the zone. No goal. No one ever talked about it. The Bates coach didn't say anything. We didn't say anything. And we were just like, all right, 3-3, fair game. This is hockey, I guess. And that was that was the welcome to the ACHA for me. I mean, I love – I just remember that kid looking down at me, just slugging him, and they just – the ref straight up forgot about the goal. That's insane. I have two things because I think I was I, I didn't not I didn't see this line brawl. But for those people listening, I played at Bridgeton Academy where St. Joe's played AIDS freshman year. I remember walking through the rink that day and you could tell that this game was taking forever because the ref that you mentioned that was I had him in high school, too. And you could tell that these guys just want to get out of here. They're like, this game is yeah. an absolute joke. These teams are just slugging with each other. So yeah. I didn't see the line brawl, but I, I remember walking through the rink on that day. But that's great. That is that is that is a great ACHA moment right there. It was like a 930 start game, like just classic ACHA. We've all had them. It was about 1045 when this fight with 10 minutes left in the third happened. Just to put into perspective, I was talking to the guys, you know, that little overhang over in uh, at the Bridgeton rink where people stand up there. I was talking to the fans up there and they're like, dude, we just want to go home. I'm like, <laughs> Sam, like this is brutal. <laughs> this is terrible. We ended up losing four to three too to make it worse. Uh, it would have been way better if you guys won four to three, <laughs> and that goal that goal came back to bite them in the butt. They just forgot about it. Alex, what's what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? Did you have one when you originally went to St. Joe's freshman year? Yeah, it was my first game. I was in, I think, the top four D at St. Joe's. And our first game, we had to truck it up to Millersville. Uh, I forget what the rink's called. And that was that was a sight. They they packed the barn. And I'm like, oh, my God. I, I thought this was just like, you know, nobody really comes into us. It's like parents or like the girlfriends or something. So I skate out for warm-ups. And, like, it's rocking. And I'm like, oh, my God. I haven't felt this since I played at Keene like, <laughs> in high school. Yeah, and everybody... Everybody on their team, I think they were like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and I'm like 5'9". I'm like skating around. I'm like, I don't belong here. I think it was like the middle of the first period. I was rushing the puck and I just got buried. Like 
in open ice and the crowd like went wild and I was like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing here, to be <laughs> honest. And that was kind of it. We did beat Millersville that game. And then shortly, probably like a month and a half after I quit <laughs> playing for uh, St. Joe's. So I love that story because we were doing this whole battle of the Barnes tournament. We're trying to look for like the best places to play in the ACHA, not necessarily the nicest places, but places that pack the barn and and it's a fun place to play. We put Lancaster ice rink on there and people were (laughs) disgusted. They were like, that place is a dump. How could you put it here? Like This is a joke. And then the guys from Millersville just sent us a whole file of videos and the place is a zoo. It's got no seating. It's packed to the brim with people and they're going bananas. I'm glad you can vouch for that. We don't look crazy. Yeah, it's a gritty scenery. I think there were a couple like girls on people's shoulders, like in the third row back standing. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what we're doing here, but it was crazy. I laughed when you said Millersville because I believe we interviewed someone from Millersville earlier and I called it like Mooresville and I felt so bad. (laughs) (laughs) They got pretty sty jerseys too, no? They were up there. Yeah, they got the black and gold. That was was Brett Vaccarello that we interviewed. He was a character... Um, and yeah, he, he, he had nothing but great things to say about the Lancaster ice rink and the heart of Amish country in Pennsylvania. That is awesome. I think the funniest thing about that team is they have four goalies dressed. So you have one in the penalty box and two on the doors and they just let you have it when you're near the bench. I'm like, you're not even playing. Yeah. They just go off the whole game. That's hilarious. Once again, boys, thanks for coming on. It's kind of funny just sitting here. You guys going back and forth with Murph. I'm just the the Midwestern guy sitting here not really knowing what's going on, but (laughs) happy to be a part of it. Let's get talking about St. Joe's a little bit more. What was, you know, like the hockey program like uh, when you guys first arrived on campus? So he's a transfer. So I've had to deal with this program for this is my fourth year, but I'm a junior. These are these guys that are all coming in. I'm one of two returning players this year, which makes our story like even more impressive of how we were able to rebuild it. I mean, we would just be, there's the top ACHA teams that you hear about, the Lindenwoods, the Liberty, Adrian, all those schools. And then there's you see the other ACHA teams that have guys who struggle showing up for games. Unfortunately, we're in that bottom tier of teams that just did not show up to games, like not even like mentally just physically would not show up we went down to Dartmouth my sophomore year and we showed up with nine guys that's just how it was it was very lackadaisical and every single year we get a new coach and they would come in and say like this is we're rebuilding this program we're gonna do this we're gonna do that and then none of it happened and he lost the locker room within three or four games and then everyone stopped showing up so unfortunately that's kind of our reputation that we have to put up with with not only the other teams and the ACHA around us where it's always like St. Joe's forfeits half of their games but also the people at our school too had that witnessed that for the first two years was how it's that that type of program where it's everything's optional yeah I think off of experience and having like been in the area of St. Joe's living nearby like we always talk about like oh the ACHA is legit the ACHA is legit legit and we had Greg Powers come on and he was like well like the ACHA is legit but not every ACHA team was legit we can all you can agree in like St. Joe's that was a club hockey team 
when you arrived on campus. Like Absolutely. you guys are in that process of changing it from a club hockey team to an ACHA team. That's what, that's what you guys have in front of you, right? Exactly. That's, that's what I've been telling all of these guys too, that came here and trans like transferred here and trusted me and saying like, we don't want to be the club hockey team anymore. And it's no diss on somebody that wants to have fun in college and play hockey because we're still going to have fun. But at that same time, we're also going to have a team where games and practices aren't optional. We're doing lifts every week. Like that was really the biggest thing because we had coaches come in and say like, this is the deal. We're not going to be slacking off this year. And then they wouldn't hold up on their promise. So it was just everyone just kind of lost the locker room and it was just viewed as like, oh yeah, I play hockey. Like as in I have flow and I wear a hockey jersey to a party versus like, you know, I actually go out and play three to four times a week, which is what we're trying to, what we have built this year. Do you want to touch on, on the coaching change? What What's made it different this year? How has that leadership role been reversed? The coaching change has been massive. Our coach is now Alex Pasifume. He actually played on our team freshman and sophomore year, and he was the club president definitely sophomore year, maybe freshman year. So he got hired last year during my first junior year where he had a meeting and he was like, hey, let's try to get hockey started again. And he only had eight kids show up. So he was like, all right, it's COVID, everything going on. We're not going to have a season this year. And then he reached out to me in, I think, March. And he said, hey, we need a team president. You're actually one of two returning players. Pretty much, he's just been able to help so much. He was a really big advocate for everything that we were trying to get done. And he was trying to do all the stuff that him and I met on the first week after I was announced president. Him and I met and everything we talked about was all the stuff that he was seriously trying to get done his years as president. Finally, having the coach that also works for the school as well. He's in the admissions office where he's just been able to really have a lot of say in what goes on with the team. And he's a, he has all the connections with the school. So we're able to get funding and everything. And the biggest thing too, was getting all these guys that transferred in a smooth and easy transition process. And him as an admissions counselor was the largest help. That was the biggest thing was just getting in hockey players, which is the first time we've ever had hockey players at St. Joe's. We've always had kids who come here for another sport and then just end up playing hockey during the winter when they're in their off season. And then second semester, the spring sport kids can't play hockey. The biggest thing was that was his first thing. He's like, hey, I need you to get guys at our school. And I was like, I I can do what I can. And we ended up getting a pretty solid roster. But everything that I talked about, he was trying to put into life for his first couple of years as club president, which is the biggest help for us. His background in working in admissions is huge for you guys, because I think the advantage that you also have is St. Joe's being such a small school. How many students go to St. Joe's? I think it might be down to 1,000 on campus. A small Division three school like that, if you're comparing an ACHA team to a Division three team, it's really not that far off in terms of funding and, and equipment and appearance and everything. Here at Syracuse, if I'm... If we're trying to make our program look like a Division One program, at the end of the day, no matter what we do, we're still not making close to what the varsity teams are doing in, in training. I feel like at a school like St. Joe's, you guys bring in all these hockey players, the appearance on campus is like, wow, like we've got a hockey team now. Look at that. And, and no one's really batting an eye anymore. That was really the biggest thing that I wanted to do is kind of, you guys would all understand this, but having a hockey culture 
and as you know having fans having actual hockey players at your school whether it be a high school or a college or anything like that that was really the biggest thing that coach and I both agreed on is we need a hockey culture here we've never had actual students step foot on campus that play hockey and just want to play hockey like I had an instance freshman year where I was talking to somebody while I was out and they said like oh, what sports do you play here? Because at our school, we have a crazy, it's like close to 70%, I think, of students are athletes. They play on one single sports team. So somebody asked me while I was out, like, hey, what sport do you play? I was like, oh, I play hockey here. And they're like, oh, like, I didn't know we had a hockey team. Like, oh, I was like, yeah, it's just club or whatever. And they're like, yeah, like what? I, like, and I kind of took that to heart a little bit. I'm like, like, this is hockey. Like we all played hockey our entire lives, but it's just nobody came to our school to play hockey. I think that's the difference that you're kind of talking about, like a club team versus an ACHA team. I love that you guys are breaking that stigma because we get the same thing at in, I went to Indiana University and it's like Big Ten school and these people don't even know we have a, a freaking hockey team. It was so annoying <laughs> when I would hear that. Yeah. So I feel the pain. I mean, here we have the open opportunity because we don't have a varsity team. And I said that in quotes, like we don't have that NCAA team. So the first thing that I try to do is break that barrier and say, this is the hockey team now. Like example, like Liberty University, that is their hockey team. Like that is they don't have that NCAA team. They have a really talented hockey program there. That is their hockey team. I think another one, and this is probably up there in the St. Joe's category if nobody knows what I'm talking about, but Thomas College in Maine up in Waterville, same thing, small school. They don't have varsity hockey. They have an ACHA team, and that's a rowdy crowd up there. Uh, have you guys had the chance to play them? I have, yes. I honestly, there are... They're one of our biggest rivals along there with Bates. But I will say, like, on the record, I have the utmost respect for what they've built out of an ACHA team. And this year, we got the opportunity to play them. It's it viewed as probably the two most legit ACHA teams in our a area because Thomas packs their barn. They have the full light show before the game. It's it's crazy there. They have a they have an experience there. Their social media game is fire, and we're really looking forward to playing them this year. But I have utmost respect for them for building that program, and that's right. That's smaller than us because they don't they don't have that lakefront property that St. Joe's does. They're you're going up to Waterville, Maine. You need something to go up there for it. So the fact that they've built a program like that, they just won a conference championship two years ago. So I mean, they're it's impressive. And now, what other schools in Maine are you guys playing against? Like you said, Bates and Thomas are two of them. But are you guys traveling across Maine? Or where, what are the local teams you guys have on your schedule that you're looking forward to? Uh, UNE, so University of New England. That's also a pretty – they actually packed their barn a little bit too. They have a really decent NCAA team in D3. USM, we have a pretty close relationship with them. We're probably going to be running a lot of scrimmages with them. Yeah, we have Colby Sawyer in New Hampshire – we have UNH uh, independent this year, which is about an hour away. But yeah, there's a couple. There's a few teams. I mean, UMaine has one, but we're we're not playing them this year. I think they also have a D or an M3 team as well. Going and playing New Hampshire, that's a little homecoming for you guys. Some of yeah. us, yeah. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a good one. We're uh, we're buddies with a lot of friends. And if I'm allowed to do this, shout out to Wesley Kunin. Uh, he's the president over there. He's a great kid. He just revealed their jerseys the other day, and you know we we skated with him in Dover all summer so 
this California kid. So what's the uh, the St. Joe's home barn looking like? Right now we got Portland Ice Arena, but we have uh, we have some games that we're trying to get scheduled at the Maine Mariners Arena, which is an ECHL barn. I really like the Portland Ice Arena. It's, it's got one section of stadium seating, and it's it's a nice place. Great acoustics in there. Ring one off the bar, you <laughs> never forget the sound. <laughs> is that the rink right next to the Sea Dogs field? Okay, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a great facility over there. My brother, he plays for the the double A squad there. He's got like a few off days coming up here, and he was talking about going and skating out there. <laughs> it's a it's a great rink. It's worth the experience, definitely. It's such a cool spot too. You got the uh, the main. They, I think they just redid their name, but the G League team for the Celtics is right there. You got the Sea Dogs, and then you got St. Joe's Hockey. <laughs> Oh, we got to quote that. That that's got to be posters. It's like the. Can we get a shirt? Yeah, like it's just like the Sea Dogs logo, the Maine Celtics, St. Joe's hockey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are the three biggest right there in that Portland area. So. Let's get into the, the jerseys a bit here. Did you guys talk with Doug at Rebirth? Is that who you went with, Aid? I believe so, yeah. Definitely Rebirth. I think it was Doug. This summer, working with Rebirth and, and designing the Syracuse jerseys, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Rebirth and, oh, yeah. and what they do. You want to talk about your experience with them? I mean, it was the easiest jersey process. Like this, I promise you, this is going to sound like an ad read. It's not. It's absolutely the easiest jersey process. So our coach was joking about this he drew the jersey designs you guys remember the usa hockey magazines (laughs) in the back of the book they have all the kids drawings our coach said that's what it looked like i mean seriously it was horrendous it was just like a bunch of crayons and we sent that to them and said like hey we're looking to get new jerseys can we put something together and they came up with that mock draft that i sent you guys i mean it was an easy process it was like two days later you know it's like seriously they do a fantastic job and it's so nice to have a team like that that does so many ACHA teams or a brand like that that does so many ACHA teams I mean it's seriously we had no issues with them at all I mean it was the fastest that I thought it was going to take months and perfect I know it's different at every school, but in terms of getting the design approved, did you guys have to go to like the athletic department and be like, hey, is it okay if we can put the Monk logo on this or was it all just smooth sailing? A lot of it was our coach because he has all these connections and uh, he pretty much just emailed the guy. I never had any conversation with anybody at the school. It was all through coach and then he would come back to us, but we got this whole PDF of all the school logos, what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do. And we ended up making our own well we used the school's logo for the jersey but for all of our apparel we ended up making our own sjc hockey logo so it was was a pretty easy process but i know a lot of a lot of teams have some issues with that as you guys have talked about but they were they were pretty smooth and easy with it doug from rebirth is a guy that i i talked to almost almost a year ago when we first started this and this is our this is our, our one-year anniversary podcast, so it's only fitting that I bring up Doug in the conversation I had with him. We got this started, and he was like one of the first people to reach out to us, and he was like, this is awesome. Like, I love how you guys are talking about like the branding and the designs and everything, and he's a great guy because he was a club hockey player himself, and he was like, this is way too hard to order jerseys, so... He has so much experience that if you need licensing done, if you need the logo approved, he knows 
he already knows who at your school he needs to contact to get it approved. And like I said, when I went through him, it couldn't have been an easier process. Exactly. It was a daunting task at first for me. I mean, getting put into a program that also didn't have any jerseys, just to throw that out there. We had four home jerseys and like five away jerseys. Two of the home jerseys doesn't don't have logos on them. So that was a big issue where it was like, do we want to get new jerseys? And then we asked Passy and he's like, oh, we kind of don't have jerseys. So like, all right, like that. Yeah, we can uh, we could do something. So that was fantastic. Way better than working with anybody else that would have dragged out the process. I mean, it was we sent them. They emailed us the mock draft and was like, hey, so do you guys want to do this? We did it. Invoice. Bang. Done. We're ready to rep those. Nothing but good things to say about Rebirth. We just have the uh, just the mock up, but we're all jacked up to see them. Yeah. I mean, 100 percent. I'm sure Herm can back me up here. When, when I say this, but make sure when those jerseys come in that you guys do a photo shoot in them. Lots of pictures, posting them, get the social media going and, and have everybody post on their Instagram. That's that's the best way to go about doing it. If, if, of course. If people are going to find out there's a hockey team on campus, it's going to be from your <laughs> personal social medias and everybody posting about it. So I'm sure you guys will be on top of that. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll let you guys know too. That's some of the best content of the year. Oh yeah. Looking forward to uh, just the upcoming season here. You know, how's the uh, feedback on the campus been and like are people hyped for the season coming I, mean, I know you guys are but you know what's the uh what's going around on campus there i'd say we had a pretty positive reception training camp was a little bit of a physical activity endeavor and a little bit of a social activity <laughs> endeavor definitely people know that hockey's back at st <laughs> joe's and uh we got a thousand people on campus and 270 of them follow st joe's hockey so we've heard a lot of good things and a lot of people saying like i mean I mean, you guys would all know, like, there's no better sport to watch than hockey. When you haven't had a team on your college campus, there's an issue. You know, all these people have been watching hockey in high school, you know, like, say what you want about Maine hockey, Murph, but, you know, they... They pack their barns. They like their hockey up in Maine. You know, a lot of people came from high school hockey and then they're coming in here and there's no hockey. So now we're giving them the product that people want and hopefully to a high enough standard and overall, people are very excited about it from what we've received. And, you know, a lot of all these transfers are making all these new friends. And you know, it's, it's been going really well. I think it's been received really well. I think the other advantage that you guys will have this upcoming season, talked about your freshman year playing at Bridgeton. It's 40 minutes away from campus and when it's a Friday or a Saturday night and kids at St. Joe's want to go out and have a good time where are they going downtown Portland where does the hockey team play <laughs> downtown Portland yeah like you guys it's it's you're not like other teams where they play a half hour from campus and it's just this like suburban rink in a neighborhood you're the pregame you're bringing the party to Portland go catch a hockey game and then spend the night bar hopping in in, in the old port so I think it's it's a win-win for you guys yeah it's a it's a great spot I mean you can't really go wrong with Portland, Maine. It's one of the best cities in New England and it's the nightlife there is pretty awesome too and there're not many teams like what you said. There're not many teams that can say that they play in a city like Portland, which I think is awesome. I've only been to Portland for uh one day and all I can say is if you got those late games, make sure you have your food ordered out cuz everything <laughs> is just going to be packed. That's how it is there. Great city, though. Fitz had no idea that Portland was a thriving city and, and he walked <laughs> right into it. I came yeah. in look, looking to try some lobster, you know, all fired up to try the seafood. And I'm walking away with an Applebee's, you know, 
wings appetizer. That, that, that was my dinner. I've never had a complaint about Applebee's around in Maine, so that could also be one of your brackets is the best Applebee's near hockey teams. I would love that. I, I don't know if people want to see that. I don't know if we want to know what, where the best or if where the worst Applebee's is. That The teams that get eliminated first, that might put some Applebee's out of business. But looking forward to this upcoming year, what are you guys looking forward to most? We've talked about the schedule a little bit, some of these rivalry games that you've got. What are you guys looking forward to most? Uh, for me, definitely playing in like an environment with all the fans and stuff like that again. Probably playing competitive hockey. I probably haven't played a competitive game in maybe two years. My last game at St. Joe's is my last competitive game. So I think it's going to be nice and yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. And I'm definitely excited for that this season. And what about you? What are you looking forward to the most? I'm definitely excited to see kind of the program turn around, really. I think it's definitely been a tough couple of years here for me that you go from a high school that eat, sleeps and breathes hockey. And then you come here and it's just like, who cares? Like you kind of when you play hockey for as long as, you know, anybody in here in this call, you, it kind of hits personally a little bit and it feels way different. I definitely am looking forward to kind of having that experience again, really just playing hockey in general. The fans are nice, but it's really just being on a competitive team with guys that I consider family, which is the biggest thing. I think that is the most exciting thing for me. It's just kind of ready to go to war for these boys. So. Last question. Are, are you going to get the C on your jersey? <laughs> I do indeed have the C on my jersey. Yes. That is very few goalies in the country. I didn't know if you'd do the like Roberto Luongo and put it on your chin or, or whatever he did, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's right, right on jersey. Awesome. Love to see that. Well, we wish you boys the best of luck this year. And, and we thank you guys for coming on and sharing your story. Thank you very much for having us, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Once again, thank you to Aiden and Alex, the boys from St. Joseph's College of Maine, for hopping on and really talking about the transition that their team has been going through the past year and kind of coming out of the pandemic and rebranding their hockey program. It's really good to see. Just a reminder, the podcast is presented by Selly Hockey Co. Make sure you're checking them out at sellyhockeyco.com checking out the latest merch and visiting them on Instagram to get all the latest updates and styles and hat designs that are coming out. They're on Instagram at sellyhockey.co. Boys, one year later, we're still doing this. Probably bigger than we ever could have imagined. I Actually, I want to take that back. It's not bigger than I could have ever imagined in terms of expectations from day one. I figured it was a realistic goal to do most of the things we did. I didn't actually think they would happen, though. I, that's the way I would put it. I'm not surprised by anything that's happened in the past year. It is cool looking back and seeing that so many of the things that we wanted to do from day one got to happen. So it's been awesome doing this. And I thought, what better way to do this than to go through the DMs But when we got this started? Fitz Glick, you guys ready for this? I hope so. I'm excited. For those of you who have not tuned in from day one, the, the reason we started this, or the reason I, I was so adamant in starting this is because I, like many of others during the pandemic, got hooked on TikTok and I was getting more comfortable kind of making TikToks. It was like, oh, wow, like when I make TikToks about playing club hockey and the ACHA and Syracuse hockey, like those do really well. Like I'm going to keep doing those and they would get more and more likes. I can't remember who I saw first. Fitz would 
always have these kind of motivational hockey ones where he would stand in front of the camera for the first five seconds and then it would cut to like an NHL clip from 2008. And I just loved it, loved it. And I would always comment on them and I, I would have the top comment like every time. And I was like, oh, like, this guy gets it. And then Glicks were relatable and more related to playing club hockey. That's how I would put it. These guys were getting really good at TikToks and I, I was kind of falling behind and it was just this ongoing joke in the, between the three of us that we were all in each other's comments and and then i got thinking like it was it was that talk it was like oh tiktok is getting shut down hop on youtube hop on instagram start making content elsewhere because tiktok's not gonna be here i was like well i really like doing this acha stuff on tiktok at the time i was helping out with selly hockey and looking for unique content for them to post i felt like i was bringing them too much acha content it's like they didn't need that like they've obviously grown and and to be set this big apparel company they started out as social media on Instagram and just looking for unique hockey content. I was like, well, like, what about a podcast? Like that I could, we could do a podcast and one of Fitz's DMs. I was like, oh, we should, we should start a club hockey podcast. Like how funny would that be? And then a couple days later, I sent them a DM on Instagram. I followed them both on Instagram and, and here's where the story picks up. Feel free to chime in whenever we can, we can pause at moments because I think it'll be good. So July 19th, 2020, in all seriousness, would you guys be interested in starting a club hockey podcast? Fitz goes, absolutely. Glick goes for sure. Said so I figured between the three of us, we could interview players from across the ACHA and hear some great stories. Glick says that would be sick and we could definitely pull it off. I go, I'm pretty good with graphic design and video editing. I'm sure I could figure out how to publish a podcast. We get going. It's like, yeah, let's be, let's try to be the spit and chickens of the ACHA. This is where Fitz goes. I'm in. We need a name. Here are the names that didn't make the cut for Hockey House. So I, I right away go, I, I it needs to be creative, but we can't have ACHA in the name. And Glick agrees with me. He goes, yeah, we don't want to get in trouble for using their name or logo. My first idea was small rinks, big sellies, a club hockey podcast. Glick goes, solid idea. I feel like most names I've seen are shorter, though. And I was like, yeah, that's true. He goes, I do like the part that says a club hockey podcast, maybe a little bit smaller and at the bottom of the logo. What we use today, we don't go by a club hockey podcast. We're a college hockey podcast now, but these are ideas from the day. Glick's first name idea, the scratch list. Glick goes, I don't know. That kind of sounds stupid, but that's all I got. Fitz goes, that's a funny one. Best I can think of was the hockey house. And then we all liked it. And I was like, I I really like Hockey House. Glick goes, yeah, the, the alliteration sounds good. And then this is where Glick goes, the Hockey House, a club hockey podcast. And then I was like, I'm assuming like you guys have a Hockey House on campus, right? And Fitz goes, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Glick's like, no, like I go to school in Philly. Like there's no houses here. Like, but like it sounds fun what you guys are doing. And then I go, here's the money here. This is based on TikTok. And this is like the Hype House, Sway House hockey house that's how we landed there and that's how we got the name so fits fits you get all the credit for for coming up with the name there no boys it was it was a group effort just like hockey it's a team sport out there we we had to to bounce the ideas off each other and we would have never got there if we didn't didn't put our our minds together honestly i can't believe that those first two ideas we like came up with i mean i honestly totally forgot that hockey house wasn't even the first name that we had those first two names that's crazy i honestly even like remember having like where i was having this conversation in my house it's crazy i think it's hilarious that tiktok pretty much like created this because like we would have never met each other the name kind of plays off of all that stuff and then you have all those like kids on tiktok who are making fun of us for playing club hockey but you know we've created this so i think it's just funny that it's all come full circle and so the next day i respond 
I say first rough sketch of the logo. Right away, you guys both liked it. I made the logo in black and white because I still didn't know what we were going to do for colors. So I made the logo in black and white. And I don't even think I told you guys this, but I, I made it in black and white because like, we, what are, we can pick the colors later. But I thought like you guys both have like crimson, maroon. That could be a color. And like that wouldn't look good with orange. So maybe like a navy, like we'd have Colorado Avalanche colors. That's what I was thinking about in my mind. And then Glick goes, no, I think, I really like the black and white. And we decided that black and white would work best because it would go with every team in the league. If you think about all the schools that we cover, black and white goes with everyone. When we release a podcast, it's black, white, and then that other color that the team works. And it worked out perfectly. And so the next day, I, I made the social media, I made the email address and everything, and, and we got it going and, and we came up with a release date and the rest is, is, is history. So it, it, it's, it's crazy to me how quick quickly we got to the point of launching this i want people to know too that murph literally put the team on his back and just carried us at the start and really like all the way and then herm came along and they're both just you know they're like two cyborgs just carrying us right now i literally show up on tuesdays well now mondays used to be tuesdays i talk for an hour or so and that's it they take care of everything else it's amazing and everyone needs to know the work that Murph put in to start this and get it all going, created the logo, dealt with the technology stuff. Now Herm coming in, those two guys carrying the boys. I just show up and speak. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with Fitzy. I literally just show up. I say my, you know, however many words I feel like saying that day, but it's mostly just, you know, Murph and Herm doing all the background work. You know, they were the ones who really were, you know, without them, this podcast would not be as big as it is. Again, thanks to both you and all and also you Fitz. Herm, good luck editing all that. What you guys don't see on the back end is me staying up. There are nights where I'm up until like 3 a.m. Like Murph will, I don't know what Murph even thinks like when he sees emails from me coming in on WeTransfer at like 2 three, four in the morning. None of you guys have seen the timelines of what it looks like on the audio editing program that I'm using. It's disgusting. Like it is not pretty looking. Each hour of audio that we record takes a minimum of three hours for me to go through to make it as perfect as possible. And there's about like, if we do an hour's worth of recording, it's 15 minutes of ums, uhs, pauses, cut responses, everything that never makes air so there's a lot that goes on the back end but murph holy fuck spearheaded everything from day one and i'm not here if he doesn't step up so huge i'm gonna echo with the boys huge huge shout out to you man herm you were probably like you were like the big free agency signing like halfway through this it was like me doing a lot of it and it was a hobby none of us were playing hockey like what else were we gonna do we weren't going to practice it was really easy during the pandemic and as the school year was wrapping up it was like how are we gonna make this work i remember sitting in interviews to hire our next coach here at syracuse it's like i can't record i can't edit a podcast this week like i have finals and I'm doing a coaching search. How, how is that going to work? And then I get this DM from Herm and it's like, 
let me edit the podcast for you. I just got this new software. Just let me edit it for you. Normally, I would be against something like that just because like I'm so hands on. Like I just want to be I want to be in control. If, if I put out a bad product, at least it's on me that first week. And it was it was it was rock star stuff. It was far better than what I did. And a lot of DMs back and forth. And, and we we linked Herm to that that long term deal over the summer. And, and we got him. And I think I think this is where Herm gets the credit is anything that I do for Syracuse hockey. I have Herm to thank for that because it's less work that I've done for the hockey house. When when Herm is doing hockey house stuff, it gives me time to work for Syracuse hockey. So I thank him for that because, like I said, going into the summer, it was like how how are we going to make this work? I don't know, Herm, if you want to if you want to add anything there about how you got involved with all of, all of this. So I had I had wrapped up with the Bobcat program and still wanted to stay involved with the ACHA, and this was the perfect opportunity to do it. Was one of the account's first followers and was like, I need 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 to be involved with this. And as I watched the account grow, the desire to continue to work with you guys grew. It was like, fuck it. Why not? Right? Like this, this program is cool and we'll make it happen. And five episodes later, I'm officially on. It feels so fast in terms of like numbers of episodes, but the weeks in between have made it feel exponentially longer. I don't know about you guys. Herm, I got to gotta ask you, what were you thinking when my audio would come through for you to edit on the first few episodes and I sound like I'm in a wind tunnel, I'm on a Pringles can Wi-Fi connection and it just sounds like complete trash. What, what was going through your mind? Not good thoughts. Upgrading Glick's uh, mic was a big thing too. So, so at the time when I came on board, the boys were recording on Zoom on a single channel so I couldn't go through and edit out if someone spoke over someone. The big thing with moving over to Zencaster right now is that we've got a multi-channel thing and the audio editing software that I'm using allows me to go in now and trim people out when they're speaking over. So it's so much, so much smoother on my end. That makes things a lot, lot better as a finished product. So it, it's funny you bring that up because now that just un- unlocked a memory in, in my mind. Herm, the first episode we did of this was on Zoom but we all individually recorded our own audio on voice memos. Are you serious? It was a disaster. It, it None of it lined up. We, I tried putting it in Premiere to edit it, and it was like impossible. Like if we had trouble with like Glick's audio, we couldn't do the podcast because he was in charge of us. We were all in charge of our own audio for the first two episodes. And then the third episode, we forgot to all record our audio, and we were just like, you know what? This work, this, that'll work. That'll, that'll do. Murph would count down like three, two, one. All right, hit the record button. <laughs> That's just a locked in memory I forgot I had. That's crazy that we've just come such a long way from fucking using the memos on our computers to Zencaster. That's crazy. That was a tip from our first guest, Ford Hatchet. He's a big media guy and was he's, he's done so many interviews and been on so many calls like that. He was like, in order to do this and do this right, you have to all record your own audio. So that's how we started it. We had the right idea in mind. And we the, the beginning days is every time we would mess something up. And to this day, it's like, 
hey, this is an ACHA podcast. All the good intentions, all the right intentions. If something goes wrong, you just shrug it off and you keep going. As we kind of wrap up year one, there's a lot of memories that we've talked about on this podcast. Look back at, at the Liberty LIU game. That was huge for us. Jersey Madness was huge for us. Daniel Walcott, Greg Powers, all huge, huge for us. But we asked the, the fans on social media today to come up with some of their own favorite favorite moments. And it was really cool seeing kind of from the outside what some of those moments were. So we we each picked one of our favorite. Herm, we'll go to you first. So from Luke Stern, from the start of the podcast to now is as different, and I'm sorry for burying you guys. This is his words, not mine. As Mississippi State D3 to Liberty D1, great work and very, very thankful. I went back and listened to that first episode just because I wind up talking. I don't know if all of you guys do this. I talk about the podcast to my family all the time. And since I'm a geek about audio editing and things like that, I was like, so here's where we started and here's where we are now. I went back and listened in the car as I'm driving to Columbus for the airport. Oh boy, is it night and day. So very, very thankful. Thanks for the shout out, Luke. It's funny you mentioned that because the guys at Syracuse were big supporters from day one. And some of my closest friends, they would listen to every episode every week. And they don't do that now. They 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 pick the big ones and I thank them for their, all their support. But I remember Luke Caddo. He's going to come on the podcast eventually. My defensive partner here at Syracuse my freshman year. He would listen to it in his car and his commute. And he'd be like, man, did my speaker rattle when Fitz talked this week? Like the audio was clear. And then it was like, whoa, like like reaching in his ear because eardrum popped just because of the static. We don't have that problem anymore. But those were the early days. I was basically recording on a typewriter. All right. I'm sorry. But that was the thing from day one. No matter how bad the audio quality was, we found this niche market that just wanted attention. All these guys playing club hockey, spitting chicklets once in a blue moon interviews an ACHA guy. And here we are giving that attention to these guys. And it's an amazing thing. And we knew that early on that our audience was going to grow and that our audience was going to be passionate because it's all guys who... A D1 player listening to our podcast wouldn't think it was funny. He wouldn't get the struggles that we go through. But guys who are 35 years old and ordered jerseys for their club hockey team in the 90s, like they know exactly what we're going through. So that that's been a really cool part for me to see. Glick, what was what was a moment that you stood out to you or what was a comment from somebody that stood out to you? Yeah, so mine comes in from at Ryan. It's three N-D-R-E-S. I think that's Endress. And he said great coverage through Natty's. I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to go to Natty's, but just being able to just see it and just all the content we were able to create from that was just awesome. Murph, didn't you you shelled out some penny to to watch those games, right? $30 hockey TV subscription for the weekend. That was one where I was really bummed when the ACHA didn't let us go. And I remember looking at my calendar and being like, I'm going to have class that week, but I mean, they're all on Zoom. Like I can do class from St. Louis. I can make it work. And at the end of the day, I think I had more fun sitting in the hockey house here in Syracuse. The games were projected on the wall and we had two TVs. We were watching three games at a time and I was sitting on my phone. Anytime something happened in a game, I would screen record on my phone and it would put it out there. And I had the whole drama with ACHA show and taking stuff that I had, you know, 
spent a long time to make. But I was able to do a lot more with it from Syracuse virtually because I was watching all the games. If I was in St. Louis, I, I wouldn't have had that. I would have had, you know, cool Snapchat stories from inside the Maryville Hockey Center, but that probably would have been about it. And we wouldn't have the amazing coverage that we had from the D2 tournament. You should have seen the Syracuse team, you know, guys didn't get to play. They were seniors who were sitting in the house. And here we are all rooting on Hope College because the Flying Dutchman packed the barn. You would have thought guys had money on the game. And it was just really cool. It was like, like look at this thing that we made that like, if, if there was no hockey house pod, would these guys be sitting in a room in Syracuse, New York, watching a college hockey game in Michigan for the D3 National Championship? championship of the ACHA there's no way not only do we bring more support for the league but we got the league to support each other which I thought was really really cool and I still to this day enjoy when we post about one player and we've got former guests hyping them up in the comments we've created this community of, of ACHA guys and it's, it's unbelievable and the new ACHA website features this game center feature similar to what you see on the NHL website you can see live updates from all the games and like I said with guys Syracuse you would have thought they were betting on it I wouldn't be surprised someday we get an ACHA sports book I don't know how you would control it maybe you wouldn't be able to bet on your own division games but maybe other divisions who knows but that could be something down the road I put all my money on Waldorf University that was another one it was the early days it was the first game back I remember watching that I was quarantined in the dorm that weekend I wasn't personally quarantined but my my dorm was put on lockdown. We weren't allowed to leave. You could only go to the dining hall and you had to come back. So we were having like a pregame in my dorm. We invited a bunch of kids from the floor and I've got my iPad propped up in the corner with Waldorf versus Midland. And the three of us talked about that series like we had been to those campuses before. And boy, were we dead wrong on what happened. <laughs> Nothing but respect for the boys of Waldorf and Midland, but it's a slow day on the pod if if that's all we've got to talk about. That was all the ACHA hockey that was out there, so we, we just have to talk about it. I mean, I, I just thinking back on it, it was funny. I literally picked Waldorf just because the name sounded funny. That's not even a joke. My favorite response comes from Turner Hockey Seth, who said that Daniel Walcott was his favorite part, but you gentlemen provide a wealth of information for kids and parents. Thank you. That hits home for me because I knew nothing about the ACHA when I was looking at colleges to explore. I knew Liberty had this big rink and they played on ESPN Plus and packed the barn. I knew that URI had a team because my older brother had played against them when he was at Assumption. And that was about it after that. I didn't know much more until I stepped foot on Syracuse University, fell in love with the place and chose the ACHA. In terms of providing parents and players with knowledge, I think that's a huge part as junior hockey becomes this mammoth. Every year there's more teams. Everybody's drinking the Kool-Aid that you're going to the best program that's going to get you NCAA. And three years later, you're without a school to go to. I'm not going to embarrass. I'm not going to put his name out there. But to have a guy come to Syracuse this year to play hockey because of the following that the Hockey House pod brought is a huge thing for me. I got that DM around Christmas time and it was like, it was a mind blowing thing for me. That has really come full circle and this kid is one of the biggest beauties we have on the team. So I'm really looking forward to this upcoming season and stuff like that means a lot. And I hope that down the road we can help more guys find ACHA teams to play on. 
that's what it's all about. You know, that's why we started this whole thing was to spread the word about the the Acha. We're going to continue to work on improving what we got going here. And Herm has definitely got something in the works. Stay tuned for that. Going to be really something when, when he's finished with what he's working on. We're going to keep it going here. I'll quickly share my favorite comment. This one comes from our very own Hockey House Pod athlete, Liam Gormley of the Cock Hockey. His comment, just Ben Smith. Just, you know, nice and simple, short and sweet. Obviously, we had Ford Hatchet on for our technically our very first interview. That was amazing. But then to have Ben come on, it was more of like a, you know, kind of like a shot in the dark. We, we weren't familiar with him. Everyone at, at Cock Hockey was telling us, you know, Ben Smith, you got to interview this guy. You're going to love it. And boy, did we love it. It, it turned out to, to be, you know, one of, one of our greatest interviews we had on the hockey house pod and then from there you know he's helped us along the way with with hockey house stuff here filled in for me when i was out in hawaii he hopped on the pod and filled in as a co-host he's just another social media guru and editing cyborg like murph and herm over here he's been nothing but good for for the pod and obviously creates great content and one of the best interviews we've had i've said this a couple times already but this is really just the start the opportunities we have with this league and this level of hockey and not only this league, the ACHA and the CHF, two leagues going promoting the same thing is that, you know, you don't have to have NCAA hockey to have college hockey in the United States. We're going to keep doing our best, keep bringing you guys awesome interviews, awesome guests and awesome content throughout the year. And, and we hope to only get bigger and we're excited for what the future has to hold. Here's to another year. Thanks, boys.